Welcome back again to the Heavy Shell Podcast. I'm your host, David Richards, and with me, as always, I'm happy to have Luca. Hello. And Moose. Hi. Well, <laughs> mixed energies, I swear. He's he's the end of my yang. He's the end of my... <laughs> so, we're starting off. Um, we're going to get right to it. Top 10 games of the decade. This is... Uh, Culmination, I believe is the word. Probably should uh, look up these words before I just <laughs> randomly use them on stream. Dust off the old thesaurus. Yeah. Um, One sec. We're going to run down to the bookstore real quick. We'll be back in yeah. like 30 minutes. <laughs> culmination of uh, the last six weeks. Supposed to be five, but I fell asleep <laughs> during the last podcast. That's because of Frostpunk. We'll go into that later. Um, so we're just going to get right to the top 10. Um, the 25, that full list will be listed here later today, if not tomorrow morning. And then the top 10 is what we're going to kind of announce. Maybe some light deliberate, uh, deliberation if need be to kind of explain where things are at. Before we go on, is there any game on this list that you guys are like, nah, it shouldn't be top 10? Eh, I'm I'm satisfied with it. I think it's a good list. Moose, how about you? Yeah, I've we we had we had what a two hour podcast last time working this out. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. even if there if was anyone... something that was particularly offensive to and me, that was, I wouldn't and even that speak was two out. hours. And that was two hours after like a whole month of kind of weeding things out and stuff. So yeah, I feel like we've done a pretty good job. And if anyone disagrees, right, I'm gonna come to your house. And I'm gonna slit your throat with a sick counter argument to your points. Well, see, I feel like there were much more colorful, but also legal analogies we could have used. What in the world was that? (laughs) But this is what happens when you have a time zone change in any kind of caffeine with Luca. I have to apologize for the threat that we just put upon our audience. That being said, he's not wrong, though. Our list is the best list. We will put it up against anyone's. Mm. So know that your life is on the line. We should do that as like a, as like another stream sometime. We should just, you know, just like a random Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whatever day it is stream. We just pull up our list and then we go and we find every single other list and we just insult Destroy it. Destroy it. <laughs> just... Oh wow! Okay, I see that you put you put Fortnite as number number three here. Uh, let me tell you why you don't deserve to be allowed to write anything ever again. You know, <laughs> honestly, I'm okay with it because I've done research on all the lists. Pretty much, I would say easily thirty five up of like the major publications in their list. And the trend I will say I noticed is that um, most of them either really hated Fortnite or really hated Minecraft. And they're like, let's get this out the way. You're not on the list at all. And so they wouldn't even put a top 25. Like at, at we, least... were very, we were very, very scientific with ours. So we, we're going to both explain why Fortnite is in our top 10, but also why Minecraft is not even included. And if you want to know the answer to that, you're just going to have to dig through hours of previous podcast footage because we're not going to tell you. <laughs> no, Do we actually haven't explained the Minecraft time. one. I don't think we have. 
but Minecraft technically released theirs in 2009. Yeah. We went back and forth on Discord over the last few weeks on should we include it back in. It was mainly me, but I felt okay with bringing it back up because I was the one that said we we should get rid of it too because it didn't quite qualify. And it just simply came down to the math showed that the developers celebrated it coming out in 2009, and therefore it's not of this decade, even though anyone who's playing video games know that Minecraft was a big deal in this last decade. Oh yeah. It technically wasn't released this decade. So we had to, we, at some point you have to be adults about it. You set the rules. You got to follow the rules. These were the terms we set. These are the best games released in this decade. Yeah. And the funny thing about it too, is that like, I think like the, the big official, like, okay guys, we're really releasing it this time. It's the real release, you know, it was like 2011 maybe. But the fact that they, to, you know, and like, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, actually, but they celebrated 10 year anniversary in 2019. I'm like, not, nah, not nah, look what you done did. Look what you made me do. <laughs> but yeah, we'll try to give you a shot, but you had to go celebrate. Early. I literally just said that we wouldn't explain it. So I'm glad that you guys have my well, back on these sort of decisions. Well, no, like, <laughs> I'm sorry that you didn't sense that I was about to lead into explaining it, but um, I appreciate your attempt. I, I get it, but I'm also stubborn and I have to go through with it. Um, that being said, though, Fortnite is on here, and um, that is going to be not the best. Some people would think, oh, we're just going to go purely by the numbers, like because they had 350 million. Nope, nope, that's not us. We've deliberated this this whole time. And if you want to hear all the reasoning, you can go back, like you said, listen to the last four or five episodes we've done. But to start to round this off, at number 10, we have Outer Wilds. This was one of my personal favorites because it's, I want to say mind-bending puzzle, but um, it definitely molds your mind to work in different ways that I literally haven't played games like this in years. It's made me think so hard, but enjoyed every step of the way. Like sometimes you play a puzzle game, it's just frustrating. You're like, God, this dev, like it's not a, it's not a good puzzle. It's just, it's a stubborn puzzle or something like that, you know, where there's no way that you'd be able to figure it out unless you were the dev. And so you have to, some people would have to look up the puzzle on like a guide on it at some point Mm -hmm. where with this, not at all. It's just, it's a work of art, in my opinion. So I don't want to say any much more about Outer Wilds, though. You have to play it yourself. Uh, if you like space, if you like puzzle puzzles, and you like discovery games, that's the game you want to play, and that's why it's on our top ten. Borderlands Two, easily the birth of a uh, looter shooters at number nine. You guys would say, yeah, yeah, uh, well. I, I guess technically Borderlands was the birth of it, right? Well, yeah, Borderlands. This is this Borderlands is the improvement of the, of the formula, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. This is um, the one that really, really matters. At the end it's of one the of day. the few games where, like, the 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 second title is like better than the rest, you know? Because with like Dark Souls, you know, like Dark Souls Two is, you know, um, Fallout Two is is kind of a. I wouldn't say it's it's bad, but it's very different from others. So I don't know. Interesting little phenomenon there. Mm-hmm. And then Overwatch, its own class of hero shooters. Yeah. A few people have attempted it, you know, but I feel like, you know, 
Overwatch, they really went all out and they let you play. Like there's so many different play styles to be had in it. And I really think that helps it out when it comes to accessibility of playing. And it was sort it's of starting like to a, fall off in the years. Well, it, Don't go on me. Well, what's so interesting is that it was sort of made as the, I guess, I guess more engineered to be a esports game. Um, and it was really mm-hmm. like the first time that you see a game that, you know, is kind of built and nurtured for esports purposes explicitly. Because uh, even with, with Counter-Strike Go and stuff like that, you know, there was a little bit of a kind of hubbub about it, but it wasn't so open. Because Counter-Strike, you can only play on the PC. This is, you know, reaching out, trying to appeal to wider audiences and be an esports game. So a very interesting thing that they did there. Um, and I would definitely say that worked because when I think of esports, I think of Dota 2, Counter Strike, and Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but, and I know, think and, Overwatch, of course League fits in there with Dota 2. But other than any knowledge of, I mean, I'm sure there may be in South Korea and stuff there might actually be stadiums, but to my knowledge, Overwatch is one of the first only games to actually have dedicated stadiums built for their esports league, where the other games have to rent out other stadiums. Correct. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Dota is turn out stadiums and I suspect they still do. I don't follow. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think Overwatch is the only one that is actually putting an effort or has already built actual yeah, Blizzard has, facilities. Blizzard has put like a lot of time and energy into promoting, uh, the esports scene for Overwatch. That really doesn't surprise me that they, yeah. they would be so like, e- no, we're going, we're, we're going all the way boys. So even if, in my opinion, Overwatch is kind of falling off. It's not what it was a year or so ago. Um, the fact that they've made the impact that they've had, like it's easy to understand why they would be number eight on our list. Yeah. Near Automata, number seven. That was, uh, I don't want to say indie darling. It wasn't an indie game. But it kind of had that indie darling love in that um, it didn't get much recognition at first, but everyone's like whispers about it, like, yo, near time, this is a pretty good game. Um, Luca, did you have anything do you want to say on like why you think it made it as far as it did on this list? It is in my personal game experience. I have just a totally unique sort of feeling playing through that game. Um, it's almost like fairy tale, like like a fairy tale, but without like the sort of obnoxious over the top, you know, sort of like here, we're going to use a fairy tale aesthetic. It's really strange. Mm-hmm. It's kind of trippy. It has a lot of philosophical undertones and it's a joy to play. It is, in my opinion, a work of art. And, and you know that Luca is all about the philosophical undertones. It's like when you, you know, no, the, undertone the is, rich you know is. philosophical <laughs> aftertaste of a good game. Like, I say undertones. A lot of the characters are just straight up named after uh, philosophers, and they're just sort of like, ha, let's base this character on that, you know, like philosophy or whatever. I mean, it's uh, really, really all over the place. It's, uh, yeah. it's a good For some game. reason, I'm just like, I'm just picturing Luca holding like a game case. Now, some people try to describe wines as like, oh, it's earthy and stuff. Like, that's Luca when he picks up Nier Automata. Like, I know I sound like, like an ass when I'm going on about this, but, like, it is, it really is there, and it's not, like, there, it's not, like, an art, you know, an art thing where you had to, like, you know, pretend and step back. It, they make it pretty clear. They they name characters after philosophers. It's, it's, it's not, it's not Emperor's Clothes situation. 
Yeah. But yeah, just from on a technical standpoint, I loved how Nier Automata would essentially just by switching the camera angle smartly, like switch game genres yeah. just on the fly at times, you know. Like it was one of those things that put like a childlike smile on my face the moment it happened when I was playing the demo the first time. And I was like, Oh, this is not expected at all, but I'm okay that like I'm happy that it's here. That's I mean, cool. it, the game starts as a shmup, and then most of it, it's like a third-person shooter slash mm-hmm. hack and slash spectacle fighter thing. Like it, it's it's a great game. Play it if you haven't. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of another reason why we have this list of like maybe some of these games you just didn't hear about or you thought you completely missed it. Well, if it's on this list, like we're saying, you have got to play these games if you want to feel like you're well-rounded and not missing out on anything. You are missing out if you don't play these games on this list. Unless you don't want to be well-rounded, which is perfectly acceptable. Nobody's forcing you to enjoy everything. See, well, you know, see... Hey, man, as long as they I don't work here. Moose wants to be nice, but uh, I think if you want to call yourself a gamer with a capital G, you got to play all these games. <laughs> if you want to be a lowercase g gamer, maybe don't play this game. Sorry, you don't have your uppercase g badge. <laughs> this is going straight back into the, the, uh, the gamer... Um, Friggin I'm just saying, if you want to get past that velvet rope in the club, two, two class you're going to need a capital G on that um, ID. Sorry, sir, you're not allowed in here. This is capital G gamers only. Please return to your And then even when you're block. back there, it's like, this is only for people who have beaten Cuphead and Dark Souls. At the same time. It can be done. I've seen some crazy speedruns. Yeah, with um, one controller. My brain hurts trying to think about how that could happen. Someone's going to try to do it now. Hey, if you do. Someone just beat Zelda with a stick. Ooh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so check that out. Google it. Anyways, moving on. Um, Skyrim. I took an executive decision and swapped it out from fifth place to sixth place. So it's on me. (laughs) Send your death threats this way. Um, It just had too many... Like, look, it's meme-worthy and, like, it's beloved with its flaws it has, but it also set the stage for what is open-world games to this day. So we got to give it its respect. And, I mean, what what is there to say that's not known about Skyrim? I feel like we all have played that. I would be shocked if someone listening to this has gone, oh, wow, I never even thought about playing Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> like, huh, maybe that might interest me. I wish someone had told me about it. To, yeah. It's on everything, practically. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know what else could be said except for um, Skyrim is number six. Yeah, Sky- Skyrim is I mean, it's Skyrim. Like we, I don't know how. Like we, we don't have to justify it. Like because it, it's like the prophecy. It is known. Skyrim, good game. Fortnite number five. For its originality dominance on a up and coming genre battle royale to me is like fps turned up to 11 mm-hmm. because especially if you've been playing a lot of fps games it's usually been six man matches six versus six or 12 versus 12 and all of a sudden someone was a madman i can't remember if it started with armor or H1Z1. I don't know who did 99 people first, but eventually someone was like, let's do 99. Like, what, teams? Like, all together? Like, you, 
you're not going to have that kind of coordination. You can't. No one's going to work together. It's like, no, no, no. They're all there to kill each other. Just nine. And then dollar. And and then dollar signs. Um, And then Battle Royale is born. And then with Fortnite, it's getting the praise that it's getting from me. I don't know how Luca and Moose will feel about it as far as its number five spot. But when it came out, I was playing PUBG. I dabbled with a little H1Z1. And uh, God, H- Black Ops. H1Z1 was such a um, mess. Black Ops 4s. I can't remember what their um, what their thing was called. But I, I tried all of them. And Fortnite had an unreasonable amount of polish when it came out. And then the uniqueness with the building aspect on the fly and then all the kind of game modes they were throwing at you in the beginning. And it came to a point to where they were turning out content at a three-month season pass level, but every week. And so they were just completely on fire for a whole entire year. Like, they just dominated the the industry. Other industries were affected by it. I, and so, I would definitely say in terms of like, like 2018 or 2019, yeah. Fortnite was just like the game. Um, I mean, it, it's almost yeah, it's yeah, yeah like to- mid 2018 to mid 2019. Like it's definitely changed now, for sure. Like pros are loving it for the most part, but I feel as like a casual player, like and others, I imagine feel the same way. Um, we're starting to kind of move on to other games. Because, like, just the building is just crazy. Like, you're, you can even see videos of the pros back when it came out versus now. Like, it's a – your your pro back uh, in 2018 is, like, your entry-level person now as far as anyone trying to compete seriously with Fortnite. And I think that's to its detriment, to be honest. But um, any game that gives you that kind of skill floor or skill gap, I should say, I think is a well-designed game and I think it's deserving to be at this top spot, but we did not make this list just based off popularity. If we did, Fortnite would be number one. Yeah. Um, as Moose has talked about, it doesn't have a single player campaign. There's a story there, but you have to be a part of the game for like all these seasons to know what's going on. And even then it's, it's a different kind of story, you know? It's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's environmental storytelling. You sort of have to look at it and go, oh, okay, I see what they're doing there. That's kind of clever. It's it's like a Marvel universe of Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. And so um, if it had an, a storyline that was cohesive, it probably would have snuck in the top three. Because um, I definitely don't think that there's lazy people over there at Epic. But um, we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> so... Now we're getting into the Rushmore of the top 10. And I'm proud about this top four. I don't think any undeserving game snuck in. They all deserve to be here. Number four, we have Dark Souls. I mean... Where I was talking about Fortnite kind of gives like a skill gap of games. Like Dark Souls is the roof of difficulty of what video games can be now. Like they changed for the better how hard games can be. They almost like let adults grow up with gaming in a sense, in my opinion, being the older guy here without dark souls games would feel very more 
very much more childlike nowadays, unless you're playing like these grand strategy games. Yeah, it's uh, it it created a, a genre from the kind of style that it undertook, which was a style that I think was uh, kind of on the way out um, in a lot of people's minds. These single player story driven games, uh, kind of a little bit of like an exploration thing. Um, and you know, the, the difficulty and the style of the difficulty helped define the genre as well. Um, and I mean, you know, during the time that this game was released, you know, it was more and more, um, about games kind of, kind of like TF2 online fun games, you know, call of duty was really ramping up as well. Um, these kind of fast paced multiplayer, um, experiences. Um, and if, if you were going to play a single player game, it was going to be on the opposite end. It was going to be like a, a telltale game, something that was real deep into the story, um, real, real narrative, you know, some like the, uh, the Resident Evil games and stuff like that. This came out weird sort of middle of the road and it, it really blazed a path that now all sorts of games are doing. And I mean, you see, it's like every year there's a new, game that's released that is like dark souls in the style of gameplay Dude, uh, not cannot, necessarily visuals but. i cannot describe the number of like oh it's like blank dark souls it's anime dark souls it's sci-fi dark souls it's you know like dark souls underground you know, like whatever it, it the fact that it has had such a seismic impact on things that it is the bar by which so many other games are compared and measured is and it's a fair bar like yeah. it's like, I've never played a game that's like, oh, this is like Dark Souls, and therefore it's lesser because of it. Like, I'm like, no, that mechanic makes sense. It's like Dark Souls. That's a good mechanic to have in here. Um, and it's, it's funny that, that you mentioned, like, anime, but Dark Souls. When that when I first saw that particular game coming out, I think it was Code Vein. Yeah. People were like, oh, they're just ripping off Dark Souls. I'm like, I don't see this as a bad thing. We should have an anime Dark Souls. Why not? Yeah. If there's a Dark Souls but Western, go for it. Like Dark Souls but in space. I'll have some. Thank you. Like it's such a good genre, and that's why we call them Dark Soul like games. Mm-hmm. Um, Code Vein. I believe Code Vein was the game. Um, someone's asked me about it. The uh, if if I remember correctly, that is the one that um people have described as anime dark souls. Now, I mean, it did actually get down to, uh, actually like copying like boss battle, like boss fights and stuff. Um, but I don't have enough information to go into detail about it right now. So, so, so right now we have a theoretically, if what is heard is true, the dark souls formula is so friggin' attractive that people are literally just, scooping it up just just eating it yeah pretty much and, it, and, and it's worthwhile moving on to um number three god of war now we voted on this process in kind of like a ranked choice manner because we've already deliberated this stuff for five six weeks now and eventually we need to get data in there and just leave it to the vote like numerically what are our minds ranking these things and God of War and the next one actually tied with each other. But 
one had one vote in particular, like a, a number one voting. So it went to that one. But God of War was my personal number one because of its fluid, dare I say majestic, combat. <laughs> it was just so awesome. The look, the feel, everything behind it. The entire video game, if you played it like no breaks, is done in one shot. Like, that's like a cinematic feat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let alone a technical feat. Like, how do they get that to happen, you know? Um, like, you that's something, being a younger, uh, <laughs> being an old guy of this crowd, that's something you would dream of, like, one day we won't have to pause and wait for a load screen for the cutscenes. The game will look as good as the cutscenes, and we'll just use that. And then, so they, like, they did that, but also it never cut, like, it always, again, it's a one-shot the whole time. And then it's got a great, grand story. It's almost Marvel Universe level of what they can do with that game. And if, if, if you were to say, what game could become the Marvel universe of video games? God of War has set itself up to do that in the future. So if you haven't played God of War and you got a PS4, you really should play God of War. You really, really should. It is a masterclass in game design and puzzle making. Just technically, like it's it's a hundred dollar game in a sixty dollar package, and you don't have to pay sixty bucks for it anymore. I'm sure it's forty bucks by now. I mean, I. Do you guys have any thoughts on God of War? I think you kind of knocked it out of the water. It's your baby. <laughs> like it, <Yeah>. he's he's <laughs> been he's been going on about that game since it came out, and uh, which I think I think just tells you how good it is at the end of the day. Because there's a lot of games that you know people go you know rant and rave about for like a month, you know, a week, a month, you know, mm-hmm. however long. No, he's. West has been going like raving about this game for what more than a year? A little less than a year? Well, also because like there are other good games out there, and I didn't want this one to be forgotten just because something and that's something we always checked on during this process of ranking games is we want to avoid a recency bias, which I've seen so many of these top 10 lists by the way. It just so happens like every game from 2017 and up were like in the top 10. Yeah, it's like. I don't know if you guys really thought this through enough. But uh, moving on to number two, The Witcher 3. Now, some of you may be tuning out of the podcast because I didn't say The Witcher 3 was number one. Others might be mad that it got this far. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, some of them might be tuning out because it got to second. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I respect The Witcher 3. For it had just as much detail as God of War. Didn't look this polished detail, but an unreasonable amount of detail coming from that team, CD Projekt Red. Yeah. And so even when I tried to, because I played all these games again recently to help me decide better. God of War has better combat by a long shot. The combat's more accessible in God of War. If you're really good at The Witcher 3, you can make The Witcher 3's combat look as good as God of War's. But with the branching storylines and there's just uh, overflowing with quests, like side quests and stuff, The Witcher 3. And the um, the sort of uh, 
way that The Witcher 3 presents uh, Polish uh, mythology and folklore and stuff like that, I can't think of another game that is like, I don't, I don't think it's the official game of Poland, but it has been nationally recognized by the Polish government. I, 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 I can't think of any other game that would ever be able to say that in a thousand years, you know? There's, it, wait, you, no? You just, if someone makes a game where you go around shooting like thousands and thousands of emus, I think that'll sum up Australia pretty Yeah, um, yeah, you think I'm Australia jo- I'm joking, Australians. I'm joking. Oh, wow. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, you know. Please it's just, don't roast me on the Barbie. Sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's just a, a unique accolade that it has that no other game can say. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's impressive. Like, it sounds so silly, but until The Witcher 3, I was like, oh, I didn't even know they made video games over there. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it has culturally raised them up, in my view. I'm not saying I have the best worldview on video games, but it made me think about how they put them on the map more so for um, what they've done with The Witcher 3 culturally. And I've thought about on some of the indie games I've seen and some of these conventions and stuff and being an American, like there's two major markets. There's American video games, Japanese style video games. And then there's Ubisoft from Europe. Yeah. I can't think of anything else from Europe. Like when I think Europe, I think Ubisoft. The only other things I can think of from Europe are like nineties, like weird, like knockoff uh famicom stuff and that that's like it and i'm like uh metro i guess (laughs) and so just seeing what great awesomeness we have the witcher 3 coming out of like folktales folklore mythology whatever you want to call it from polish stories what or how awesome would it be if we start to see that level of gameplay coming from like india or something i bring up india because I've seen some indie efforts on some really small games. Um, someone, I really wish I could remember the game now, but honestly, I don't think he, the guy ever finished it. But it was based on, like, India's gods or demigods of old, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, yo, like, we don't have that. Like, that's a completely untapped market. The more the merrier, in my opinion. Yeah. And so... The Witcher 3, the fact that it's even gotten me thinking of that way, like in a more global aspect, instead of like what what anime games Japan coming out with and then what's our Pew Pew games that America's coming out with, mm-hmm. you know? Um, the Witcher 3 and that team, CD Projekt Red, well-deserved. And we're all waiting for Cyberpunk, which we're going to get into later after this. Um, does anyone have any more thoughts on The Witcher 3? Yeah, nope. I just... it's 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 very deserving of number two. I'm I'm tempted to keep talking about it, but we'll just go on first entry. No, we, we, we yeah, got yeah. we got much more stuff. We're already like yeah. halfway yeah. through, yeah. so let's just go. Yeah, and we, we're on time. We're good. We're good. And the number one game of the decade for 2010 to 2019 is none other than GTA V. Whoa! Though we have outstanding games like The Witcher Three. God of War, Dark Souls, and Fortnite. Actually, I, f- I kind of feel wrong saying Fortnite just then. Let's oh. say The oh. Witcher 3, God of War, and Dark Souls oh, yeah. is a step above the rest. <laughs> GTA 5 still sits atop of those games because of just how much work they've been putting in over the years. Its formula is fun. 
and it still has great storytelling. Three stories at once. I don't even know when I was buying that game, I was getting to interact with three stories at once, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I go on and on, but I don't want to steal the floor. Like, what are your guys, some of your thoughts on GTA 5? I know when we settled the votes, like, there was no argument. It's like, yeah, GTA 5, that makes sense. It is It is just such an all-around package. Uh, West, before the podcast, described it as sort of being like a playground. And I, I think that's a really good comparison. It's like a, a playground or an arcade where there are just so many different things you can do, right? Uh, so many different, like, directions you can go on, all the minigames, all the things within the, the multiplayer, just within the world the way it is, uh, within the single player uh that you know you can find like hundreds and hundreds of hours of content to pull out of that game if you you know if you look right um and then not only is you know does it have all this sort of like free flow you know do whatever you want multiplayer and as well as a single player more than multiplayer the single player campaign i i legitimately think that is a great story um i've heard people say oh no you know uh, the older GTA stories are better or whatever, but I think you can make a really good case for the quality of, of the GTA story, which you wouldn't necessarily expect in a game that was portrayed in the mainstream as a game where you hire prostitutes and then kill them and, to get your money back, you know? Like, <laughs> and that, that was the way it was covered. You know, like... Yeah. It... it I mean, it... What can you say? It, there's so much there. Yeah, I remember the the first time that I played it, I was kind of like, you know, not really into to to GTA as a concept. And then I I just get in one of the cars and I just start driving. Just like, I don't even like driving games, you know. I'm just having a blast. There's there's a a very real feeling living world. I mean, it doesn't feel so real when you you start to get to some of the crazier stuff like sitting yeah. around cops for too long and then they just start throwing punches. But I mean, you know, when you when you're when you're going through it, it's just it's just enjoyable. Um, and all of the stuff that GTA uh, GTA Five Online does, it's it's incredible. the The amount of custom game modes that people make, the amount of innovation that comes through all of these updates. You know, the flying back to the future cars, all, all sorts of stuff. Just just great, just great. With a great story on top of that, they handle having multiple main characters really well. It's all thumbs up. And do you mind if I just like jump back in with something I, I didn't even mention? And I know yeah, I just you, went on you, about you how you only it has got all one stuff. second. I'm giving you literally one second for this. No, I'm, okay, I'm well, I'm running over your time limit. Um, so he was mentioning how like quote unquote real the world felt. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it's it's a really like rich environment. It it's like a compressed version of L.A. and it does a really good job with that. Like just overhearing conversations and then like. It has like fake radio advertisements and like websites and stuff uh, that, you know, are convincing and have like cl- relatively clever satire in them to the point where um, you can go on like forums on the in-game Internet and find like rumors, right, about ghosts and stuff, you know, like you're on, you know, some like, I don't know, uh, woo-woo forum, you know, talking about ooh ghosts and spirits or whatever. And then you can go to places in the world and see the ghosts. And it's like, oh, wow. You know, you have these tiny little details there and all the satire and, you know, just a very well-built world. And I think that's, you know, an- another thing to be said for the game besides just the diversity of what you can do is the diversity of what you're surrounded with, sort of like eh, the little even details. When you've long, even when you've long beaten the game, experienced all the Easter eggs, this and that, the devs almost as if like they're in our heads. People are like, oh, I'd like to own a casino. 
Oh, funny you mentioned that. You can own a casino now. <laughs> oh, I'd like to do bank heist. Oh, well, you can do bank heist. These epic bank heists or prison heist, prison breaks, whatever you want to do, you can do it. They keep churning out more content. Yeah. Um, and in between then, it's because it's such a well-built game and it's infrastructure of fun that I would see entire channels on YouTube just grow from shooting fake movie trailers just from using the camera tools that you get in GTA five at one point to the point, like people were able to actually make in real. I mean, a lot of these games do this Fortnite, all that stuff, but just the diversity of what you see from like GTA five channels of just pure shenanigans or people are shooting movies with GTA. Yeah. Like, I, or simply just playing like I'm a, I'm a crime scene photographer in GTA and you would see these photos and people telling these stories. And so you got people working on their storytelling chops, their photography chops, like all this in game. It's just a playground of a lot of possibilities. I don't want to say a world possibilities. That sounds cliche, but you can do a lot. And 60 bucks. That's it. Again, just to drive it home again, this is from a game that nominally or like, like from, it should be about, I don't know, dragging people out of the cars and driving away and then selling them or something. You know, like it doesn't, you look at it on a very surface level. It's like, oh, you know, it's a crime game. Oh, wow. Paid. You know, like, no, no, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. So that's where, um, so that's where we're at. GTA five is number one of the decade Uh, to go over the list again, real quick. Outer Wilds was number 10. Borderlands 2 was number 9. Overwatch was number 8. Near Automata was number 7. Skyrim 6. Fortnite 5. Dark Souls 4. God of War 3. The Witcher 3, 2. And GTA 5, of course, number 1. And uh, one thing that we definitely strived for in creating this list is not to just put our favorites in. Um, and so I know pretty soon here, uh, one of our writers, Bushwick, is going to have a piece up talking about his top 10. Um, interesting choices on a lot of them. It, it, thinking outside the box. I mean, you know, it's it's a personal top 10 list. Um, and so, you know, th- th- there might be more of those to come. So if you're interested to see kind of where we come from, I know there was talk about each of us doing our own little personal top tens um and then maybe maybe you'll you'll see that and know that we aren't just picking the ones that we find to be our favorites i'll even go as far as to say that whoever comes across this podcast let's say in between january till march if you have a top 10 that you actually want to write out and explain why you know these are top 10 of the decade that people got to play feel free to hit us up on discord or send it in to david at heavyshelf.com and we can post it and we'll even have a whole series of top tens for everyone if you guys are interested in doing that kind of thing. Before we move on to the other news, um, I've already listed my personal number one, God of War. Moose, what was your personal number one? Uh, my personal number one is Fallout New Vegas, which didn't make See, the top ten, but you know, 10. I understand <laughs> why. <laughs> and then Luca, what was your personal number one? I think his was uh, GTA Five, right? I think it was GTA Five was the one I I rooted for. But as far as like a game that I just personally really liked this decade, it might be either Near or Metro Exodus. So yeah. Metro Exodus didn't even make well, it on the list. Well, seeing that two of your games kind of made it on the list, 
I guess you were the, the winner. Gamer with a capital G. Wow, you won. Congratulations. I win. What 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 are my prizes? Do I get an all expense Nothing. trip? Nothing. Fade to oh. <laughs> You get one month of Game Pass for PC. Oh, okay, um, cool. <laughs> which I've already given you, so we're good. Yeah, no, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I got my prize in advance. So, they just knew. So we're gonna blaze through segues here and uh move on to the news of the week because we've been not talking about gaming news for like six weeks now. So there's a lot to get to. Getting as back we kind to the of basics. As we kind of mentioned earlier, Cyberpunk 2077 is delayed. But I believe, Moose, you had something more recent to get into. About Cyberpunk 2077 with, or just in no, 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 with Pokemon, I believe, right? Oh, yeah. Um, That's going to impact us more sooner than Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. Well, so th- this, isn't, this isn't necessarily recent news, um, but I did put up an article uh, last week, um, last Friday, actually, um, about the announcement that Pokemon Sword and Shield were getting their own DLC. And this is just, man, uh, the article, it goes through the rough release of Sword and Shield. Um, and if, if you're not very aware of it, I highly suggest you check it out because there's a lot of stuff that happened that was uh, kind of bodes ill for the franchise. Um, and in November, uh, one of the uh, heads at Game Freak said, you know, hey, we understand that you guys don't like a lot of the Pokemon from previous games not being accessible in this game. Um, it was a decision that we had to make. You know, it's we're, we're, we're working on how to improve that moving forward and how to make a, you know, the Pokemon franchise stay with consistent quality. Um, and from looking at that, you know, you kind of go, okay, I see why they did it. You know, I, a lot of people disagree, but when you're looking at a game design perspective, and this kind of relates to the news of the Cyberpunk 2077 delay, there's a whole lot of Pokemon, and you don't want to have people being, you know, worked to the to the bone to get a game out. And it's it's just unethical. Um, and so, you know, he said, you know, there's a time limit restrictions. You know, we we have to get a game out by a certain point. We're working on it right now. There's no plan to add any of the Pokemon that were ever um, that 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 were uh, in previous generations that aren't in this game. Right. So he said, you know, hey. These are the Pokemon that you're going to get. Uh, fast forward uh, four months, six months. I forget how long it is. Um, Pokemon DLC. Woo. It's actually three months. Um, Pokemon DLC. They are going to be releasing two DLCs. You buy them in a bundle uh, for uh, $30 total. I saw some people going, oh, is it $15 each? Is it $30 each? It's $30 for both. Um, you, you can only buy them in a bundle. You have to buy them for the game that you own. So there's one that's about... Uh, they're they're both about the same things. Um, well, goodness, it's it's so confusing how they did this. One is the Sword Coast, the other is the Crown Tundra. You buy both of them in the bundle for either Pokemon Sword or Pokemon Shield. So if you're one of the people who bought both the games, you have to buy two sets of thirty dollar DLC um, for each one because uh, it's it's game specific. And in these, you get new Pokemon. Pokemon that they said in November. They weren't going to add in the game. Yay! Um, very interesting choice by Nintendo's um, and, and Game Freak's uh, decision there to go back on their word so quickly, I guess. Um, they advertise this as a free update, that you get these Pokemon for free. What they mean is, if you have the Nintendo Bank service, you can transfer these Pokemon now. And if you um, 
have the and DLC. And the service costs money, yes? Yeah, the, the Nintendo Bank service costs uh, like $5 annually or something like that. It's pretty, it's pretty cheap, but you have to have caught them in a previous game. Okay. Um, if you have the DLC, you can catch these Pokemon in the wild, or you can be traded these Pokemon. So they're free, but you have to have someone who buys the DLC or has Pokemon Bank and has already caught the Pokemon. Um, basically, right? Just to just to kind of put the put the uh, real real finalized thing here. Pokemon says that they're not going to add any more Pokemon. Then they announce a DLC with Pokemon added in, and it's all very fishy. And the quality of the Pokemon that are already in the game suck. Some seriously lazy animations. Uh, a lot of the models were ripped straight from previous games for the 3DS. Which they claimed they wouldn't be, if I remember correctly. It, it's pretty much a 3DS port. Yeah. Like, if, if you look at it objectively, it's like, this is a 3DS port. They didn't start from the ground up as they're claiming they did. And, and now they are so confident um, in their product that they want you to pay more money for Pokemon that, were al- that was already in previous uh, titles. Yeah, pretty much. So, there, there, there you go. That's the rundown. It's a whole lot. The article does it better. Um, now, but I here. feel like, uh, yeah, Luca, I think you had a point, and then I got a greater point to make about it's, all it's this. Better and I'm going to move point, on Luca. to the next thing. <laughs> it, like, I just wanted to ask, did they get bought by EA at some point? Did I, did I miss something? <laughs> but no, I think it's funny that they advertise it as free, because if you need, like, the banking service or, uh, like, the DLC... They could have chosen their word, like, they could have made it sound all rosy without coming off, like, blatant liars, right? Well, it's not necessarily a lie, because if someone has the DLC and they can trade it, it's technically free for you. But But, um, it still sounds like a lie when you really break it down. They should, I think they should have probably called it complimentary if you have the banking service or something. Hey, you should work for them. Yes, I should. Nintendo, give me free money. (laughs) We will take back everything wrong that we said. I think that we're coming close to a time where Pokemon is one release away of being in Fallout 76 territory. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh man. that's a hot take. That is that is a, that is a because that's a good way to put it. If you think about it, Fallout 4, it had some problems and then you know Modder stepped in and saved the day. Yeah. And basically. then Fallout 76 and oh my god. Now the biggest mistake these monetary practices pokemon team has no excuse like they are the most profitable ip in the history of creative arts yep they don't need to charge us for a pokemon bank that shouldn't cost money they have gotten used to and exploited fans for far too long by selling you two games instead of just one. This would be as if FIFA sold you two copies every year. And Pokemon fans have just put up with it because, honestly, nostalgia is strong, and it ain't bad, and the the dynamic of the game, for the most part, is unique, and anybody who tries to copy it, it's like, oh, they're just a Pokemon ripoff. So we're kind of left with what we have. And, and I know a lot of people might not think, you know, people like me, Whenever they've bought a previous Pokemon title, you just buy the one, right? But there is a seriously large community of people who buy both games on release. That's just, mm-hmm. that's what they do. It's it's uh, just like how people are 
yearly buyers of the FIFA games or of, you know, Modern Warfare, well, Call of Duty. Um, it, so it, it, it happens. Um, and it's running on fumes of nostalgia and better times, really. Uh, because because it didn't used to it didn't used to be this way, but when you're looking at the modern game standards, right? We just went through everything that the past decade had that was so amazing. If you compare any of those games to Pokemon Sword and Shield, you'll probably just want to give up on humanity. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and yeah, that game's it, gonna sell. It has it, sold. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's running on just energy from previous games and the hopes of faithful fans. Um, I, I want to throw in, that's and not... they've taken advantage of too too for too long now. I think we EA bad all that stuff. Like we need to put Pokemon in that same camp now. Like I think without argument, they belong in that evil EA money camp. Um, just with how they've been doing with things, just with the quality of what they put out, and then lying. Um, they are lying. I'm going to go ahead and say that they they've they, they've lied to us about what they can do in what time frame. Yeah. People have done the data mining like so they're, they're liars. How much more do they expect to get away with it, you know? Um especially now and now well I want to get into this but I think you guys might have a final point and then I want to talk about a potential challenger to Pokémon going. So I just was going to jump in before um, and say that like Moose keeps going on. It's, you know, about how it's running on nostalgia. I want to make it clear. That's not to say that Pokemon games aren't like intrinsically still sort of fun. But, you know, you sit down with your, your friends on the couch and play like Pong and you can probably still have fun playing that. But if someone charged you $60 for Pong, you would be upset, <laughs> wouldn't you? Like, it's not yeah. that they're not fun anymore, but it's sort of like we've seen it, and yeah, sure, they add a little bit of this and a little bit of that to each new release, but it's still fun. To, like, the, well, what previous Pokemon, like, you would go and explore, and you would find different areas had different Pokemons, and they had stories behind them. The music when you're in the cave, and it's all when you're a kid, it's all spooky, and then you find out there's like actual science behind the spooky tones and stuff, or folklore behind the spooky tones. And then, with Pokemon Sword and Shield, go out in that field. It, it, it's it's a. Uh... They literally just saying, "Oh, Pokemon, gotta catch them all." Or they happen to be conveniently in your front yard. It, it, go out in the yard it's and play. Suffering more and more from signs of aging, where it's it's failing to keep up with a market that is itself advancing, not releasing the same games over and over again, um, and a fan base that's. A wider range, you know, when Pokemon released in the in the 90s and early 2000s, the fan base was all kids, basically. Well, now yeah. you have new kids who are playing the games who were born in the 2010, you know, kind of kind of area. And then you have people who have been playing it for 20 years and everything in between. And you can bridge that gap. Plenty of games have bridged that gap. But, but Pokemon just hasn't. And and the final point that I kind of want to make is there was a there was a great sense of betrayal among some parts of the Pokemon community when they said that they weren't going to have the full national decks when they said that there were going to be some Pokemon not available in Pokemon Sword and Shield, right? And they were doing hashtag bring back national decks re 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 right. When they announced these DLCs, the amount of support that they got was absolutely astounding on Twitter. People people were like. Uh, yeah, you thought they weren't going to bring back the national decks. Well, they did. 
And oh goodness, oh goodness. I feel like it's... I feel like this whole thing has been a really elaborate ruse to get like <laughs> the the people who have been you know sort of like mindless consumer sort of style fans of the franchise to just sort of accept having to pay more money to get all the Pokemon. I feel I feel like that's what's been going on this whole th- time. I don't know. I don't want to be that like uncharitable about what Nintendo is doing here, but it, that's how it feels. Yeah. Anyway, that 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 news hit me. Um I just kind of went crazy, went stupid. But you you did bring <laughs> up that you saw something and I haven't Moose. heard of this, so I'm interested. Yeah. Moose, did you yeah. go mad? And that's why I was excited. I was like, "Oh, you guys haven't heard of it yet. That means I'm doing my job right. I'm still scouring the internet." Some of you listening may have heard of this, but this may be Pokemon's wake-up call in for the better of all gamers because there is a challenger slash love letter to Pokemon. And this has been done before. Nintendo's usually shut them down, though, because they go as far as, like, put, like, Pikachu in their game or something like that, you know, when you have fan-made Pokemon games. Yeah. Where this one is different. It's called Temtem. I'm going to link to it in the chat. It's not but Tim Tam. It's not the the, the tree Tim apparently. <laughs> it's Tim Tim, yeah. but not Tin Tin, the animated um, movie Child and series character. of comic books. The animated series of comic books. No, the wow, animated movie. Imagine and technology of comic that books. went into that. <laughs> Rick, man, that's some Harry Potter stuff, right? Yeah. I'm almost there. About to drop the link in there. Because there's there's one thing that came out, you know, uh, when Pokemon originally released, you had Di- Digimon, and that never really got too much traction. Um, well, and had, then a few had... years ago, there was Yokai Watch, and that that died. There was also <laughs> Spectrobes Beyond the Portals. If anyone remembers that game, I do. Wow, I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, it was a game for the DS where you captured like small creatures, but instead of like putting them in balls, you had to dig up their like um like fossils and then reconstruct them in your oh ship. Is, that, is that like dino fighter or whatever it's called uh i don't know it felt a lot like pokemon to me <laughs> yeah so 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 there so, have been games that have attempted but let me tell you what nothing nothing has beaten pokemon which is kind of yeah amazing and so um to read the description they have in the press kit um temtem is a massively multiplayer creature collection adventure inspired by pokemon Every kid dreams about becoming a Temtem Tamer, exploring the six islands of the Airborne Archipelago, discovering new species and making good friends along the way. Now it's your turn to embark on an epic adventure and make those dreams come true. Catch new Temtem on Omnisia's floating islands, battle other Tamers on the sandy beaches of Dennis, or trade with your friends in Tukma's ash-covered fields. Defeat the ever-annoying clan Belsado and its plot to rule over the archipelago, Beat all eight dojo leaders. So you're seeing some, some stuff. very, Pokemon very Pokemon clear inspiration. <laughs> Dojos instead of gyms. I love it. Um, and become the ultimate Tim Tim Tamer. Okay. Yes. I just want to say Tim Tim. The, the Tim Tim Tamer. That is that is amazing. That is way more catchy than Pokemon Trainer. Yeah. How many Tim Tims um, could a Tim Tim Tamer. Tim. Tim wait, no, how much? How many Tims could a Tim 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 I'm trying to look up the exact number, but I think there... I could be wrong, but I think there's like currently 80 or 75 Tim Tims. I I can't quite narrow it down. But um, lengthy story campaign, 
fully online world. Uh, as, as the details say here, the days of traveling solo are over in Tim Tam. The world is massively multiplayer. Tamers from around the world can join. I mean, last Pokemon game I played, like you had to go through certain lobbies or hubs yeah. to connect and trade. Now it's just all there, it seems, with Tim Tam. Um, co-op adventure, you'll be able to join forces with a friend anytime and work together towards your next goal. Competitively oriented gameplay. Including a pick and ban competitive mode. Oh, we talking esports Pokemon? Oh, 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 oh. Start by choosing 10 Temtem, and the pick and ban phase will begin. Take turns with your rival to pick your Temtem and ban theirs. Advanced character customization and housing. Buy your own house. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, the ultimate test is if there's a dog, do you get to pet it? Now, um, and, and and I am seeing, um, I'm looking around, and I am seeing indications that it will have the same sort of a uh, uh, Pokemon have types, Tim Tims have aspects. I don't know what they'll call it, but I, I am I am seeing something that makes me think that as well. <laughs> so genuses, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the point is though, Pokemon has lowered the bar so so much that it's really opening itself up to have any sort of game come in and just swoop it away. You know, something that's just the slightest improvement in all areas and it'll, it'll have to start actually trying, which is, which is the best thing for, for the consumers. I think in a way what, um, what's sort of from my perspective anyway needed is like what Fortnite did to Battle Royales, where something just needs to come along and, you know, pr- provide like a... Because you look at all the Battle Royales before Fortnite, and I'm, I'm sorry, like, they were popular and all, but they don't have the the polish. Like, H1Z1 was a hot mess, right? Something needs to come along that's well-made, well-polished, and has, like, aspects that no one's seen before, and just destroy, like everything else on the on the table which is basically just pokemon because like we said earlier everything that's tried to compete with it so far has died and now is like the opportune moment and honestly if it has enough polish it because I don't, i'm not seeing too much that stands out as unique yet but it might get by just on polish because i remember in the beginning in fortnite people hated the building and just loved the polish mm-hmm. and the polish was enough for it people to stay along until they got used to building that's what um that's what uh, carried Apex Legends for a while was just the polish. And, you know, th- this might be a transition that you guys aren't willing to make, but I see it. And I'm going to take it and run. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. When, when, when you're looking at the polish of a game, people kind of under, understate how important that is. Um, but, you know, as we're now talking about all these games where just having a really nice product has, has you know, elevated above all the competitors, this week... Uh, just just uh, yesterday, right? Two days ago, news: Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven has been delayed. Uh, they 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 did a three month delay on it, and uh, there's a short little article that we did up there um, about it uh, by Bushwick, um, and it covers all the little all the little you know basics of it. Um, the, there's there's a quote from the developer up there about trying to make this the best product that they can. Uh, there's examples of other games. Of course, Witcher 3 was delayed as well, um, but also GTA 5 uh, was, yep. was delayed for some more polish. Um, and one thing that's kind of interesting is I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the, the, the ripple effect of this, and everyone seems to be pretty darn chill. 
people are for the most part they're they're okay with this um and that's that's kind of interesting because you know there was always that that bad rap of okay hey gamers they're entitled you know what are you gonna do man stupid entitled gamers like uh the the uh, ooblets dev right Mm -hmm. really really trying to trying to stir stir up some trouble um that's not happening this time around for the most part um so there's it, it's it's interesting to kind of see uh, that that sort of shift where we're looking and we're uh, you know there's been uh, previous instances of you know crunch time. Well, I mean, we've had like three or four. Yeah, we've had three or four major stories. Like, hey, all those games you know and love. Well, guess what? Everyone's being worked to the bone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're having to have on scene therapists because they can't stop crying. Maybe, maybe. We should find some balance and or appreciate all the hard work they have to go through. And like, you know, this is um this is a little a little bit of a a little bit of a shift. Cause obviously that wasn't the way that all studios worked. Um Pretty but much you know, we're we're trying to, we're kinda <laughs> hoping for a better game because of that and appreciating the fact that what Nintendo could have done with Sword and Shield was what CD Project Red is deciding to do. With Cyberpunk 2077, take your time, release a better product. It paid off for GTA 5. It paid off for The Witcher 3. It's I'm going to go ahead and just assure everyone right now, right? This is my promise. The game, as it will be released after the delay, is going to be better than what we would have gotten if it didn't get delayed. It's just going to yeah. be better. Everything Probably. is going to be better. Now, and and if it's wanna... not, I will, I will, uh, I don't know. Sam, sorry. Scolded on the podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll get scolded and Sam, sorry. <laughs> the um, thing about it is, even if the game is terrible, we'll have no way of knowing whether or not that's better than what we would have gotten. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So and just, and there, there are people who want it down. to fail. Just never back down. There, the, there are so many people who to, are waiting for it to fail. Do you mind if I um yeah. jump in here real quick? Which is All I want to say is basically, this is a game that people have been anticipating since I have been really paying attention to gaming, you know, in, in a serious sense, right? Like, I've, you know, heard whispers on the wind, you know, and, it, like, now it's just, like, this roar of people being like, yay! And I feel like, for one thing, everyone's been waiting for it for so long that it's like, ah, okay, three more months, whatever, you know? But also, I think there's an understanding that this game has so much to live up to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think anyone with a reasonable hat on their shoulders is going to sit there and go, you know, well, yeah, sure, why not? You know, like, because if it, if it isn't phenomenal, it's going to get torn to shreds. Like, it could be a good game. You know, it could have been dropped with, you know, it could be in a state that if it had been dropped with no hype, people would be like, yeah, you know, great game. And it will get torn. I mean, it has to be really good. From an industry up. perspective, if they get this right overnight, they will go from video game darling of the industry to darling of just industry in general because it'll be at the top of the biggest industry in the world right now. Gaming is more profitable than oil and stuff because you have to look at what they have coming up. CD Projekt Red also has GOG and they have GOG Galaxy where they're working on a app or system that brings all the galaxies of your Xbox, your PlayStation, your Steam, all that into one store. We have one massive library that's organized and connected through social media and all that stuff. So they're making big moves. 
Yeah. And if they pull off two Witcher 3 level games, you know, Witcher 3 is awesome, Cyberpunk is just as awesome, if not more, that's rarely pulled off. And yeah. um, how many games and, spawn off successful TV shows yeah. that dominate in other industries? And like with one season, they're already being pushed as one of the greats of all time. And, and keep in mind that they, uh, that show is competing with like uh, other contemporary shows that are getting an incredible amount of praise. It's not like it's it's I mean, I've heard criticism uh, occasionally of something that's being heralded as well. It doesn't have any real competition. No, The Witcher show has competition right now. You know? Yeah, definitely. There's 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 been a, a recent upturn in that kind of revival media with, with stuff like The Mandalorian. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean this For is sure. this is a game studio that has successfully turned a series of novels into a series of games. Now looking at seasons of a TV show, like to be. Um, so the. I mean, you know, I think this is why people are now okay with just sitting back and waiting. They've seen what happens when studios just, uh, game studios just kind of throw out whatever they have, and they they didn't like that, but they also didn't like waiting. Well, now they're kind of, people are seeing, hey, we can wait. It's going to be great, you know? And I think a key thing that helped them out is because the first thing I thought of was like, oh, no, don't delay this for the multiplayer. Because there was a lot of moans and groans when they said that they were working on multiplayer. And people were like, we didn't ask for that. We just want Cyberpunk. But they've delayed, they announced that they delayed the multiplayer to like 2021, maybe even 2022. So what this tells me is that they most likely started plans on multiplayer. And they're like, wait, we've gone off the rails. We're too distracted. Scrap that for now. Hone back in on the game. Yeah. Let's finish the game. Mm-hmm. And And then it'll be out September 17th. And if I can point it'll out, it'll be majestic. And if I can point out that um, our game of the decade that we nominated GTA Five, if I remember correctly, that came out with the single player significantly before it did the online. You know, yeah, the online yeah, was a I later. I think almost release. by a year. Like this yeah. is, I thought it was. I thought like the original game, like the the single player released in like twenty thirteen, and then the multiplayer was like twenty fifteen or something. I can't quite remember, but you know, yeah, it was it was something a significant like that, yeah. period. This is a successful way to go, to space yeah. it out and take your time and be the tortoise rather than the hare. <laughs> and um I just want to say we're talking about this is, is going to be my final segue before I just relinquish everything, okay? We're talking about games that were hyped up way too much and the kind of effects of studios, you know, rushing their workers and setting really harsh deadlines. We see the effects of what the kind of product is released when that happens. Um Internet Historian has an absolutely fantastic video about the release of No Man's Sky. And if you are interested in looking at kind of kind of game development at all, I highly, highly recommend that you go ahead and watch that. Because, um, of course, you know, it's, it's Internet Historian, it's a little meme But the stuff that it covers is exactly what makes No Man's Sky such, such an important story when you're looking at the creation of games. Because this game was overhyped, it was rushed, it came out, Horrible reviews. I mean, you know, literally it was just everybody, let's gather together and let's talk trash about No Man's Sky. You know, it's like a it's like a it's it's like a family meal, you know, you just get your friends together. Bonding event. Exactly, exactly. I can say with confidence I was in the trenches, like I was one of maybe only a dozen people that were fighting for Hello Games. Like I personally received death threats. Like that's how heated the debate and stuff was around this game in the beginning. 
and and this and, this video it takes you through that to what they did and how they recovered from that and it really gives you a sense of um appreciation for game developers being able just to do what they do which is develop games and develop games on their own time how they envision their games um it's it's a it's a it's a fantastic video I, I, like when i watched it i was just expecting you know a, a good meme time um this was this was fantastic and i strongly recommend everybody just kind of cut out it's like a 50 minute video so it's pretty big um just cut out a little bit of time and it gives you the full story and it shows you why it's important to let developers take their time on games um and kind of shows you how how much the hello games group persevered in just finishing the game doing what they wanted to do and and working it out um and of course that's paid off because no man's sky not only is it back to selling at full price when it was going for literal cents after release um mm-hmm. but it its reviews are no longer over, overwhelmingly negative it's now got like mostly positive something like that reviews on steam a, a real a real success story a real good case study you should watch it i second that it, it, it is really good um I feel like we're wrapping up. Luca, do you have any last thing? Because I want to just have one more reminder, but go on. Uh, if you do. No, you can go ahead. I just wanted to say, um, I went on the whole Temtem spill, and uh, the reason why I even brought it up is because it's one of those games, we're not having to wait till September next year. It's going to be available January 21st to play. And actually, uh, wh- if you go look on their website. <laughs> I'm sorry, really? <laughs> yeah, Temtem's oh, I, d- January I, 21st. I thought this was like a... Uh... Watch out in the coming months. No, this is like right around the corner. And you can actually, I do believe you can play this weekend if the roster isn't full by now. Um, they're doing stress tests up until January 21st. Yeah. So I would look on their Twitter and stuff like that. Um, check the link I gave you. If you're interested in Pokemon, check it out. Or, if, I mean, maybe you weren't interested in Pokemon um, and there's just you just want to check it out. It's a good genre. Me personally, I got out of Pokemon because it, it started getting simplistic over the years to the point where I'm like, I kind of feel like I'm playing a child's game. There's no complexity to the combat. I, I'm an adult. I need to play Dark Souls now. <laughs> like, <laughs> But um, I'm hearing that this has some complexity to it, and I do like that kind of battling turn-based and all that stuff, so I'm going to be playing it. I think you guys should check it out. Um, make, make sure, it, make sure it, you take note of It's going to cost money, stuff. though. I think it's going to be like 35 or 40 bucks. Um, from what I'm gathering, because I think you can actually buy the early access through some kind of Discord on their Discord or something. Um, but the official thing through Steam, which I'm going to wait for, will be January 21st. If you want to check that out. Well, man, that'd be awesome if Tim Tim ends up being like the next best game of the decade that we just happen to announce <laughs> when we get this game of the decade. Well, I'm gonna uh, go ahead and put that out there in the ether and make that happen. Yeah, definitely, definitely take notes of of your experience and stuff like that. Because next next week on next podcast, I want to hear about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna see sure. what I can if I can get on that myself. Yep. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Fogmind, I want to thank for his subscription. He subscribed earlier. You may have heard the heavy ding, but for some reason the alert didn't pop up on screen. So sorry about that, Fogmind. But thank you again for subscribing for another month. About three, he's on a three month streak. If you want to check out more of our content, heavyshelf.com is where it's all at. We have Dungeons and Dota, um, at least an article a month coming out from our very own Moose here. And then shortly we will have 
uh, Pate's article on his preference of his 10 games of the decade. And you may see some more personalized lists coming out from us as well. Again, all that's on headshelf.com. You want to join more of the conversation? We're always there to talk games on Discord. And uh, we're happy to have you there. It's debate, good time. Just try to keep it fun and clean. And then um, also we have Minecraft still. We are still playing that. Didn't make our list, but we do still play it. So check us out all out there. Again, best place for that is Discord. Thanks for tuning in this week. See you again next week. We're out.